40 days of prayer. And I, I'm loving this series. By the way, if we haven't met, my name is Bo. I'm so glad you're here. For those of you watching online, I'm so glad you found us. I am so excited that our church is going through this series on prayer. And one of the reasons I wanted to go through this series is because I know this is an area where I need to grow. And some of you are thinking, well, you're the pastor. You're supposed to have this prayer thing down, Bo. I'm a learner, and I think we're all going to be learning about prayer for the rest of our lives. So if you're joining us for the first time today, this is a great time to jump in. We're all learning together about what it means to pray, what it means to talk to God. I think learning to pray is a lot like learning how to drive. When my dad first taught me how to drive, driving stressed me out. I mean, there's so many things you have to keep in mind. And, and I, would, I, I would drive to the end of our long driveway. We lived out in the country in Los Fresnos. And I'd get to 1847, uh, Paredes Line Road, and be like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> Dad, let's switch. And then he, I, I'd get used to it a little bit more. I'd, I'd drive through Los Fresnos. And then later I was able to drive between that long stretch between Brownsville, Los Fresnos and Brownsville. And then I'd get to... FM 802, Ruben Torres, the next big intersection. I'm like, okay, Dad, I'm done. You take over. And finally, finally, I was able to drive my dad all the way to work. And, and these things that used to stress me out became second nature. You know, these skills that we have to pick up, like, you know, how to merge into traffic, how to check your mirrors, how to check your blind spots, remembering to use your blinkers. Now, some of us are still working on that one. But eventually, these things become second nature. And I've now driven all over the country in all kinds of weather with confidence. Why? My dad taught me how to drive, and I gained experience in driving. God wants you to gain experience in your prayers. And maybe you feel stressed out when you pray, like, what am I supposed to talk to God about? What, what's going on? What, what does he want me to say? Look, God just wants to hear from you. And just like we have to learn how to drive, we have to learn how to pray. None of us are born knowing how to drive. Maybe you're saying, well, what do I talk to God about? I want you to see something from the Bible. This is Psalm 139. For those of you watching online, your host will post some links in the chat. You can just for those here, you can just grab your program, and if you didn't get one of these, you can scan this QR code with your phone. Just pull out your phone, the camera, scan that code. You can follow along on the Bible app. I want you to see what the Bible says here in Psalm 139. If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I lie down in the grave, you are there. If I rise with the sun in the east and settle in the west beyond the sea, even there you would guide me and your right hand would hold me. The Bible say, no matter where I go, God is already there. God is everywhere. And so no matter where I go, so no matter what I'm doing, God is with me. And God says, I want you to talk to me about every area of your life. Today, 
I want us to get our learner's permit in praying. I want us to learn how to pray. We're going to look at five areas of our lives that we can talk to God about when we pray. Now, maybe you're thinking, whoa, there's five things i got to keep in mind. Look, as we go through these, just like when you're learning to drive, you pick one skill and you work on it. So as we're listening to these, don't get, don't get stressed out. Just say, okay, that's the one I want to work on this week. First area we want to pray about. And we're going to look at five different directions. First, I look back to the cross. I look back. It's like when you're driving, you've got to check your rearview mirror. University of Texas in Dallas says that you should check your mirrors every five seconds. I don't do that. <laughs> I should. I don't do that. But we got to look back. When I was a student pastor, one of my students came up to me on a Wednesday night, and he was really distraught. He was really upset. He got into an accident. He was at Starbucks. He was going to pull out into traffic. He thought, no, wait, let me stop. Let me reverse. And he backed his car up and hit the car behind him at Starbucks. You got to check your mirrors. You got to look back. Now, sometimes we don't like to look back. I don't want to look back at my past. I don't want to think about my failures, about my mistakes. I just want to leave that in the past. I just want to pretend that never happened. We can't do that. But we don't need to dwell on our past either. Like, oh, I just got to think about my failures. No, God says, I want you to look back at the cross. See, at the cross, Jesus paid the price for all our sins, all our failures. So I can look back, and instead of looking back in shame, looking back in regret, I can look back and say, God, thank you. I want you to see this. Here's what the Bible says. God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God paid the ransom. How do you know how much something is worth? It's however much someone is willing to pay for it. And God looks at you and me and he said, your life is worth the life of my son, Jesus Christ. Your life is precious. So I look back at the cross and I say, thank you, God. I don't have to say that's, I don't have to be ashamed of my fear, of my past. I don't have to, to pretend it didn't happen. I can look back and say, that's who I was. But because of Christ, this is who I am today. Earlier we sang, hallelujah for the cross. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I was a prisoner, now I'm not. With your blood, you bought my freedom. Hallelujah for the cross. When we pray, I know often we have a prayer list, things I want to pray about. We should also have a playlist. Sing songs about the cross. Say, thank you, Jesus. I look back at the cross and I say, thank you, Jesus. And then I look up. I look up to my Father's loving face. I know often when we pray, you'll even hear us say, okay, let's bow our heads and pray. And, and sometimes this is just to give everyone privacy. Sometimes we bow our heads just to show humility to God. Sometimes it's to say, God, I'm sorry for my sin. But you know what? You can also look up. 
when I'm talking to my kids, I don't want them to be like, hey, Dad, uh, here's, here's what's going on in my life. No, I want them to look up. Look at me. You can look up. Miss Connie, Pastor Kenny's wife, shared this picture with me. Pastor Kenny often prays looking up. Here he is on the land saying, God, thank you for the land that you've given us. You can pray looking up because God is our Father. Now, this wasn't always the case. In the Old Testament, it's the, the half of the Bible that's before Jesus, God is often called our creator. He's our Lord. He is our the Almighty. He's even called the fearsome one. But very rarely in the Old Testament is he called Father. Well, that changed in the New Testament. The half of the Bible after Jesus came. Because Jesus taught us to pray our Father. Because he is Jesus' Father. And Jesus says, if you believe in me, he can be your Father too. And in fact, the New Testament uses the term Father to, retur- to refer to God 285 times. Over and over, Jesus says, our Father, our Father, your Father, my Father, our Father God. Because we are adopted into his family. Here's what the Bible says. You received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Now in your notes, I want you to circle that word Abba. You might be wondering, what is that? It's not the band. It's not Abba. Abba, in the original language, means daddy. It's a word of relationship. You know, I, I love my dad, but I, I rarely call him father. Hello, father. How are you doing today, father? No, I call him dad. I have called my dad dad for as long as I can remember. And so when I would pray to God, it wasn't a hard transition. My dad is a good dad. I love my dad. So then when I pray to God, I'm saying, God, you are my dad in heaven. And you're just like my dad here, except you're better. I can talk to you about anything. But then something changed in my praying 10 years ago. 10 years ago, this past Tuesday, I became a father for the first time. And I remember... That's my dad right there, by the way. (laughs) And I remember I'm driving home from the hospital, and this little guy is in the back seat, and my wife is there, and I'm like, wow, they trust us to take this child home from the hospital. Wow. And I'm driving home, and this song comes on the radio. It's You'll Be In My Heart. You know that one by Phil Collins from Tarzan? And I start singing along. I'm singing, "Uh, stop your crying. It'll be all right. Take my hand Hold it tight. And I can't even get through the song. I start choking up, crying, because I love this little guy so much. And I just met him. And now I have three kids. And my love has only multiplied with each child. God loves you more than you love your children. Before our kids were born, my wife and I had decided that they're going to call us Mama and Papa. 
And so now when I pray, I think of God as my Papa. Papa, I love you, Papa. Papa, I need your help. Papa, what do you call your dad? Daddy? Papa? Appa? If you're a dad, what do your kids call you? This week, as you pray, I want you to use that word to talk to God. Because he is our daddy in heaven, and he loves us. This week in our small group, we saw God as a caring, a consistent, a close father. Now, maybe you didn't have a good dad. Maybe he was absent. Maybe he was abusive. And if that's the case, I am so, so sorry. And here's what God says to you. I want you to remember these words. Even if my father and mother abandoned me, and some of you have been abandoned, but God says, even if your father and mother abandon you, the Lord will hold me close. You never have to be alone. I look back at the cross and I say, thank you, Jesus. I look up at my father and I say, I love you, Daddy. And then number three, I look in to see Jesus living in me. When you invite Jesus into your life, he comes. He sends his Holy Spirit to live inside you. You are never alone. And like when you're driving, you, you check your mirror, you look back, you talk to your passenger. Your passenger is always there, your father in heaven. He's always with you. But then you got to check your gauges. You got to look at the dashboard, all those pretty lights there on the, on the dashboard there. I got to say, hey, do I, do I have gas? Am I driving the speed limit? Is my engine temp okay? God says, I want you to look in. Here's what the Bible says. Look closely at yourselves. Test yourselves to see if you are living in the faith. God's saying, check your gauges. Is everything okay? Are you living like a Christ follower? Now watch this. You know that Jesus Christ is in you, unless you fail the test. What does that mean? It means Jesus is living in you unless you fail the test. That means, have you invited Jesus into your life? Unless you invite Jesus in, he is on the outside of your life. But once you invite him in, Jesus sends his spirit to live inside you. Now here's the cool part. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, three persons, one God. They are united so you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all three living inside you. You are never alone. So now I look at Jesus, and Jesus gives me the power to change. And I say, Jesus, is there anything here that needs to change? I love this prayer in Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me. And know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. 
and lead me along the path of everlasting life. I want you to circle two phrases if you have a pen or pencil. Point out and lead me. Ask him to point out what needs to change. Say, God, is there anything in here that needs to change? And doesn't, you don't have to spend hours in, in thought, did I do anything wrong today? No, he'll point it out to you. It's like that light on your dashboard, check engine. It's flashing, hey, don't ignore me. And you're like, let me just put some black tape on that. Don't ignore him. He'll point it out to you. God, point out anything in me that needs to change and then lead me. Lead me in that change. And Jesus gives you the power to change. See, I could have a brand new car, full tank of gas, but if I don't have a battery, that car's not going anywhere. I need a source of power. Jesus is that source of power. He gives us the power to change. And so he'll point things out in us, and then he'll say, let me help you. He may point out, hey, you responded really harshly to your coworker. You should go back and apologize. See, Jesus, give me the strength. Or maybe he says, I know you have a problem with lust. You're trying to protect your eyes. You should probably get rid of your social media. And friends, there is a lot of stuff posted on Facebook and Instagram that is just bad for our souls. Or maybe he's saying, you need to forgive that parent that abandoned you. That spouse who left you, God says, you need to forgive. I've forgiven you on the cross. I want you to forgive. Take some time to listen. Jesus, is there anything that needs to change? I look back to the cross and I say, thank you. I look up to my father. I say, I love you. I look into Jesus in me and I say, Jesus, change me. And then number four, I look around and I ask the Holy Spirit to use me. I have to look around. Many of us have heard about the defensive driving courses. Some of you have had to take defensive driving courses because of a ticket. What is defensive driving? Defensive driving just means looking around and being aware. It means I put down that phone, I don't touch it. I look around, I see what are the other cars on the road doing? I, I, I'm aware of the conditions, that, you know, what's going on with the weather, what's the road like? I'm aware of distance, how far am I from the car in front of me? If they slam on their brakes, am I gonna be okay? That's defensive driving, it means looking around, being aware. God wants you and me to look around and be aware of what's going on around us. And we're saying, Holy Spirit, use me. I want you to put your hand on your heart for a second. Do you feel your heart beating? No, no, someone get a doctor. Yes, you feel your heart beating. As long as your heart is beating, God has a purpose for you here. God wants to use you. Because when my heart stops beating, that means my mission here on earth is done and I go to heaven, which is a much better place to be. But God says, I have you here right now because I want to use you. Here's what the Bible says. Give yourselves completely to God, every part of you, to be used. Underline that. To be used for his good purposes. 
I want to share with you a powerful prayer, a life-changing prayer. Are you ready? Here it is. God, use me. God, use me. When I pray, God, use me, it's a powerful prayer because God will use me. And I got to open my eyes and say, God, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm here at the grocery store. God, who do, you want, who do you want me to talk to? God, use me at work. Is there someone here you want me to talk to? Is there someone here you want me to affect, someone you want me to pray for? I'm at school. Look around at my classmates. If you're a teacher, look at your students. God, use me. I love carrying these invitation cards with me for church because these remind me that I'm on a mission. And when I go to the grocery store, you know, guys, in the grocery store, we're on mission, right? You know, I go in, I get what I need, I get out. And when I carry this with me, it reminds me, no, my mission is different. My mission is, God, who do you want me to talk to? And it's my mission to give this to somebody, to invite someone to church before I leave the store. Say, hey, I want to invite you to BCF. We're talking about 40 days of prayer. I want to invite you to come. That means i got to put down my phone, i got to take out the earbuds, and I have to look around. God, use me. Now, as you're praying, God, use me, I want to share an exciting opportunity that's coming up in January. In January, we're bringing down some trainers from E3. That's our missions organization that we uh, support. And they're going to be sharing with us how to share our faith, gospel conversations training. Now, some of you are wondering, if it's in January, why are you telling us now? Because we are going to take what we learn and put it into practice here in our city. And some of us will cross over into Mexico to the migrant camps. And if you want to do that, you need a passport, or you need to renew your passport. And that can take from four to eight weeks. So I'm telling you now, as you're praying, God, use me, maybe I want to renew my passport. And we're going to talk about how can I tell people about Jesus? How can I strike up a conversation and then turn it to what is most important in my life? Now, everyone who goes through this training does not have to go to Mexico. But I want everyone to get this training. I hope every one of you comes because we're saying, God, I want you to use me. When you pray, it doesn't have to be complicated. Just think about these different directions. I look back at the cross, I'm forgiven. I look up at my Father, I'm loved. I look in, and Jesus gives me the power to change. I look around, and I say, God, use me. And then finally, I look ahead. I look ahead to my future in faith. Now, I know sometimes the future is scary. And we say, God, what's going to happen in 2022? God, are you going to take care of me next year? But we don't have to be afraid. We can look forward to the future in faith. Faith is believing that God will do what he said he will do. In the Bible, Paul went to a city in northern Greece called Philippi. He told people about Jesus. They believed in Jesus. They started a church. And then Paul moved on. He went to go tell other people about Jesus. 
But Paul was not afraid for the believers he left behind. He wrote them this letter. And he said, I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. He said, I'm not afraid. I'm certain God's not done with you. I am certain he's going to take care of you. How could Paul be certain? Because he knows in the future, God is already there. See, God is not just everywhere at once. God is every time. He's in the past forgiving our sins. He's here with us right now, and he is already in the future. And so that big need you have, you're saying, God, how are you going to do this? God, I need your help. He's already there. That big problem you're dealing with right now, you're saying, God, this is too much. Papa, I need your help. And he's saying, I'm already there. I've got you. Trust me. God is already there. And he says, trust me. I'll bring you there. And part of the way that God brings us to that answer to our prayers is when we talk to him. When we pray and we talk to him about our problems, he says, I'm going to help you get there. I remember many years ago when I used to drive. Now, this is back in my day. You kids don't understand. Back in my day. We didn't have the, the cell phone that would tell you where to go. And if I was going to a big city, to a place I'd never been before, I'd print out a map on MapQuest. And it gave me the directions, and I'd have it printed out. But if I missed a turn, because I don't know where I'm going, I'd get lost. And I'd get stressed out. And I'd be like, where am I going? What's happening? What did I miss? I hated it. But now, I have this smartphone, and I've got Google Maps. And I can type in the address, and I put it on my dashboard, and my phone tells me how to get there. And if I miss a turn, it says, oh, hey, you missed a turn. Turn around. Go back this way. How is that possible? Because someone's already been there. Someone designed the map, someone designed the program to tell you how to get there because they are, have already been to where I'm trying to get to. And God, he's already there. So when I pray and I say, God, help me. God, help me for my future. God, help me for my family. And God says, I'm already there. I've got you. He's already in your future. That big prayer you've got, God's already there. The Bible says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can go, with him, you can go to him with your big prayer. I want to tell you about something coming up in our future. On November 12th and 13th, we are going to have a 12-hour prayer relay on our land from 7 at night to 7 in the morning. All night, we are going to have people on the land, walking around the trail and praying. And we're saying, God, I know you're going to take care of me. And we're going to take, take to him our big need. We're saying, God, we're on the land, the land that you've given us. God, bring us here. And we're going to pray for our city, and we're going to pray for our families. We're going to pray for each other. Now, you do not have to be there 
all 12 hours. It's a relay. So you're going to be there with your team, with your small group at a certain hour. Maybe you're a night owl and you'll be out there at 1 a.m. Maybe you're a morning person. You say, I'm going to get there at 6 a.m. And you're going to pray. And you'll walk a lap and you'll pray and you say, okay, it's someone else's turn. Now, some of you, crazy people, you can bring a tent. You can camp out. We're going to have campfires. We're going to have light. And we are going to bathe our land in prayer. Put it on your calendar. November 12th, 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. 7 to 7. We're going to pray about the future because God is already there. What will 2022 hold? I don't need to fear. I can look forward in faith. I look back to the cross and I say, thank you, Jesus. I look up at my father's face and I say, I love you, Daddy. I look in and I say, Jesus, what needs to change here? And he gives me the power to change. I look around and I say, Holy Spirit, use me in your world. And he will. And then I look forward in faith and I say, God, I'm going to trust you with my future. Will you trust him? Now, I know I shared with you a lot of things here today. I want you to take your notes. And I want you to look over these and pick one area. Maybe you say, well, I'm already doing good in this area, but I need to work on this one and circle it and say, this is the skill I'm going to work on this week. Maybe it's starting to call, dad, call God daddy, papa. But as you do that, I have to ask you, is God your father? God is all of our creator. But that doesn't automatically make him our father. You have to be adopted into his family. How do we do that? Well, the Bible tells us all who believed Jesus and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. I want you to circle two words believed and accepted. I have to believe. Jesus, I believe you died for me on the cross. I believe you rose from the dead. You are alive. And then I accept him. Jesus, I accept your free gift of forgiveness and eternal life. I accept you into my heart as Lord, as the owner of my life. Believe and accept and if you've never believed in Jesus, if you've never invited him in, do that today, right now. You can go to him and pray. And there's no magic words. It's what do you mean in your heart? If you've never prayed this before, just tell him something like this. Jesus, I believe. I believe you died for me on the cross. I believe you rose again from the dead. You are alive. Say, Jesus, I believe. And then say, Jesus, I accept you. I accept you into my life. I accept your free gift of forgiveness and eternal life. I accept you into my life as Lord, the owner of my life. And you're saying, Jesus, come in and take control. Just tell him that right now. Jesus, I believe you. 
Jesus, I accept you. Amen. If you prayed that for the first time today, this is what the Bible says about you. You are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. That means God is your father. He's your daddy. He's your papa. And you can say, Papa, I need you. Papa, I love you. Papa, help me. And I can look back, and I look up, and I look in, and then I look around, and then I look forward. I look ahead in faith and say, God, you're going to take care of me. Today, as you bring that big prayer to God, so you say, God, here's my big need. I want you to take another moment and look back. Look back at the cross. Remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. In the moment, we're going to sing another song together. We're going to sing what a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. And as we sing this song together, I want you to take a moment to say, Jesus, thank you. Jesus, thank you for what you did for me on the cross. Jesus, thank you that you love me enough to die for me. You're saying, what a beautiful name it is, Jesus Christ, our King.